Thank you for downloading the latest episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. Please stand clear as we pay our bills. Are you thinking about purchasing a DVC resale contract? Are you looking to rent DVC points for a future Disney vacation? In need of financing options? If so, check out the one-stop shop, which is the world of DVC companies. The professional staff, with over 185 years of experience, will guide you through your next vacation purchase. Check them out at dvcresellmarket.com, dvcrentalstore.com, and moneraefinancial.com. And tell them Mickey Dude sent you. The world of DVC, your DVC gateway to a lifetime of magic. Venture outside your comfort zone. The rewards are worth it. Wish Upon a Cookie has evolved into a custom-baked pastry company started in New Jersey by professional chefs turned cookie tears. Their focus is to turn your magical pastry dreams into reality. They offer so much more than a few colors, shapes, and sizes. Their creations are extensions of your inspiration. You can visit them online at their new website, wishuponapastry.com, or on Instagram and Facebook at wishuponapastry. Let your imagination run wild when you wish upon a pastry. And welcome to another episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. But today, we're actually going to be changing our name because we are going across town. We are going to get our banana. And we are going to be the Minion Dudes because this show is all about Universal Orlando. I'm your host, Dave Koch, coming to you from beautiful Orlando, Florida, with my neighbor down the road, the one and only Jeff Williams. Trash Photography. I might as well. I wish I could get my freaking cup of coffee. <laughs> God, I wish that was open when we went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we haven't done the Universal show in a very long time, but uh, Jeff and I happen to uh, be very big fans of Halloween. Uh, me, Absolutely. I am a uh, pass holder to, a uh, frequent fear pass holder to Universal's premier Halloween event, Halloween Horror Nights. I also have a seasonal pass for SeaWorld's Hollow Scream. I will be going to Bush Gardens for Hollow Scream one night of this uh, Halloween spooky season. And I am also going to go to a local attraction about an hour and a half away called Scream Again one night, which is probably one of the best Halloween events in Central Florida. So to say that uh, Halloween is a uh, major part of my life would be an understatement. And yes, I already have uh, experienced my Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween party this year. Jeff, you haven't yet. You will be, though, right? Right. Yeah, I go uh, end of this month. Okay. Perfect. But... Uh, we wanted to bring this episode to you because uh, since uh, Jeff and I are constantly at Halloween Horror Nights, we wanted to share our thoughts and share our favorite uh, houses with you guys and our experiences. And hopefully if there's anybody coming down to uh, Halloween Horror Nights, you know, 
maybe they can uh, take some of our um, advice to heart. So, uh, Jeff, why don't you tell the audience how we experienced Halloween Horror Nights on the first night? Oh, yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, so we were fortunate enough to be invited. Um, I had a friend invite us to an RIP tour. An RIP tour with um, Halloween Horror Nights um, is basically a, their version of VIP tour um, with, you know, a catchy phrase. Uh, for the mood, um, but an RIP tour, um, this was a particular one was a private RIP tour. There's private and non-private. I've been on both non-private and private before in the past, but, uh, there's a slight differences between the two. Obviously the non-private is, is, uh, much cheaper, but a non-private, I mean, a private, you can, you can invite up to 10 guests total, um, and then you basically call the shots. There's a lot of um, um, a lot of nice, um, you know, uh, special specialties that you can kind of uh, play with. Uh, obviously, non-private, it's going to be um, uh, ten strangers essentially. I think ten to twelve. Uh, so there's it's usually a democratic vote <laughs> on what you're going to do next and and what order you do it in. But, but being a private RIP tour was kind of sweet because uh, a couple of reasons. One of them is they, they let you in first uh, above all the other tours. And um, you can you can go in and um, they set up a, uh, in Cafe La Bamba, they set up a sort of an hors d'oeuvre buffet, um, and drinks and, and, uh, and, you know, all kinds of interesting, fun, fun foods. Uh, you know, our particular time, there was a, a lot of really cool uh, dishes uh, that we went through. Fun, fun stuff like scary. One titled "Scary Beef Sliders," and uh, they actually had the pizza fries there too, which is a, a you know Howling Horror Night special. <laughs> special. I have uh, some. Dish. I have some feelings on that, but we'll we'll get to that in a couple minutes. Right, right. And so, uh, yeah, you, you chow down there. Um, you, you kind of set the mood uh, by they have some scare actors uh, interacting with you, and uh, your your uh, guide will they kind of define ask you you know or ask the one in, in who, who the private tour uh, is set up for and ask their opinions on on their strategies for the night and then they then you go basically take off and when everybody's ready and you, you go um, jump jump into it. Um, What's cool about uh, private RIP is um, another benefit is you, you hit all the houses for sure. I mean, if that's what you want, obviously. Um, and then you hit the show, the main show. Uh, this was, uh, what's the show called, Dave? The, uh, um, it's called Halloween Nightmare Fuel, but the, the I'm checking now the, uh, that was last year's, that was last year's show also. I believe there's another tagline to it. And of course, yeah. as you asked me this, I'm the uh, well, anyway, at Universal yeah. app is just you know getting a little bit uh, wonky. Yeah. Uh, I, I I refer to it as fuel. It's my favorite. Show. So it is Halloween Nightmare Fuel Wildfire, and yeah, yeah there's a, there's a reason for that, and we'll be talking about that in a little while. Absolutely. So yeah, you do all that stuff, and on the five scare zones to make sure. Um, what I really love about the RIP tours, especially uh, early on in the season, 
is they will pull all the groups aside before you go into every house and every scare zone and they'll tell you the backstory and what you're going to see um so a lot of details uh that, that you can you might miss you know if you're just coming in off the street but um that's, that's really cool and then once you've done as much as you want um at, at the end of that whole cycle you have the ability to basically all the way to close you have the ability to repeat anything you want uh within reason um uh, non-private would just allow you to do everything once um you probably you're not really even guaranteed uh, the show um but we had we had uh the show and with reserved seating um but also non-private uh you know it, it's just like i said it's on a different schedule um but it was cool i mean it's, it's it is definitely the way to go especially early on and and with friends uh if you can chip in and and, and have a good time together uh th throughout the night they have two private uh lounges that they take you to um those are really cool uh you get away from the the the, the crazy and and take a little breather and and they have uh you know a bar um so that's really neat but yeah that, in general that's what it is it's set up uh a lot of uh i mean they take you back door to everything i mean we were you basically they 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 stop the lines like let and squeeze you in <laughs> i mean it's it's literally like you just walk right up to these houses it's it's, it's the way to go really <laughs> it was What'd worth it was worth every penny especially for for um, um we didn't pay anything because we were invited but uh it would be you know i would pay the i would pay the price of this store because you definitely, you know, you're paying top dollar for it, but the services that you're getting are absolutely amazing in terms of, you know, you're getting the backstory for every um, for every house and scare zone. You're going right in, and then anything you want to experience again, you know, you have that tour guide at your disposal from the beginning of the event all the way, you know, from the beginning of the night all the way to close. It's just a grand way of doing things absolutely yeah so now you mentioned one of the major uh, staples of halloween horror nights and they are pizza fries so basically it is these uh crinkle cut french fries that are um you know i would say disco fries in new york so like growing up it would be um you know Melted uh, mozzarella on top of uh, on top of French fries with uh, a side of dipping gravy, but this actually you know there's there's mayonnaise sauce in it, and um, you know you also have uh, you know they're seasoned with this like peppery uh, salt that uh, kind of flakes all over them, and they have uh, sausage and pepperoni on them also. And uh, now these things are basically just, you know, they've, they only take, they only serve them during Halloween Horror Nights. They're just, you know, they're not something that you can get in the park during the uh, regular operating hours. And that and another, another dish called the Twisted Tater, which we'll talk about in a little while, are pretty much the signature foods of Halloween Horror Nights. They're actually ingrained in the Horror Nights culture now. And one thing that I will say about pizza fries is they are a dish that is an individual dish. 
they are pretty much uh, made to order and they're put in a plate and they're pretty much cooked like they're they're, they're like I'm not gonna say flash fried but almost like toasted on the plate and handed to you where they're piping bu bubbly hot in Cafe La Bamba yes they did try pizza fries and you know they had some they had some of the cuisine that they were offering this uh, this season over there but you know they were in buffet trays where you had to kind of just cut them up yourself put dump them in into a plate and they just didn't have the same effect as being you know cooked on the plate you're eating them on it just did you know did, did that uh, yeah did you oh, notice totally. that jeff no oh yeah i i really i taste them and skip them you're right if you're not getting it hot and fresh and in, in your own little tray that just kind of came out of the oven it's kind of pointless um yeah it didn't so you're, you're actually right i mean it doesn't work on a buffet table um at all <laughs> now they did uh in the past couple of years they have offered some variations on the pizza fries uh for one they started doing and this is one of those meals that you either lo love them or hate them they have s'mores fries where they have sweet potato french fries and they're uh topped with Nutella, a little bit of salt, and uh, fluffernutter on them. And, and then also added, you, they, they take mashed up graham cracker pieces and, and top it on top of there. And then they uh, roast it so it kind of has the uh, marshmallows come out golden brown. So they have s'mores fries. I personally love them. There are some people that call them a toothache. Just uh, They get a toothache just looking at them. <laughs> I like I like the fact that they have the sea salt mixed in, so you get a little bit of the, you get the sweet and the savory mixed in with them. Yeah. Um, this year they actually introduced Reuben fries, which I had for the first time uh, two nights ago, which was uh, corned beef, uh, the, the mozzarella, and uh, a bit of um, sauerkraut, and to hold it all together they. Uh, had Thousand Island dressing on it. It sounded really good after starting to eat it. While it was tasty, it was kind of a little bit more messy, and I was like, you know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Give me back, <laughs> give me back my pizza fries. So I had them just to try them, but I think the next time I end up back at Universal and I, I need a snack... It's gonna it's gonna have to be pizza fries because they are just that good. Oh yeah, I mean we we can go all over the place, but definitely they definitely in general ramped up their um, their food offerings like a, a massive festival this year. Uh, I think the tour guide we had, I heard her telling somebody else that they they got somebody from um, uh, Disney to to kind of you know put more life into their food festivals and their last couple of festivals have been pretty fantastic um but this one definitely has a food festival feel to it there's so many offerings it's just it blows my mind how much food is available this this year and there are some really there are some really good stellar choices out there for you know from uh, you know these uh, designer philly cheesesteak sandwiches with like um uh, you know like weird uh, like 
different types of queso smothered on them with pickled vegetables to, um, you know, they call one thing the zombie brains, which are basically uh, a seasoned fried, you know, a seasoned spicy fried cauliflower, which was absolutely delicious. They really upped their game on the food. Now, there is one thing that, uh, have you tried the good guy burger yet? No, uh, not that one. No, I haven't. Okay. I I had to, I had to try it, and it was one of these things that it's just the look of it. You know, I could feel my arteries clogging up. It was just even <laughs> to mention it, it just felt so sinful. But you know, I planned for that day. I oh, I slept the basically the entire day. It was I was go I was going on a Sunday, and I wasn't really going to be doing anything. So I literally stayed in bed the whole the whole day. Got up, went straight to the gym, worked out, didn't eat anything, came home, showered up, and went straight to Halloween Horror Nights, so that I could say, okay, I didn't eat anything. I could, I could uh, justify eating this abomination. So, <laughs> well, I say abomination, but I loved every, I, I loved every bite of it. But it was just, you know, just even talking about it, I feel my arteries clogging up. It was a regular burger bun on the bottom a uh, hamburger patty topped with jalapeno plastic cheese pickled jalapenos and then topped with a glazed donut with <laughs> fruit loops on top of it and then and then across the, across the top of the donut was a maple was a maple uh, a maple ketchup. Holy cow! Mixed in, I mean, you had the savory, you had the sweet. It was just you know, it it was, but you know, it was just you know, a uh, it was a temple of excess. Pretty much, <laughs> don't get me wrong. It was absolutely delicious, and I want another one. But you know. I my gut budget cannot handle that one, you know. I <laughs> it's you know I will have my memories. You know, I have very fond memories, but it's time to try other things because I can I I, I just I I can't justify doing that to my body body one more time this year. <laughs> and before yeah. before we do move on though to uh, houses since we are talking universal food, let's just mention the let's just mention twisted taters. Have you ever had uh, one, Jeff? Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, I had uh, all three kinds this year, or three of the variations. Did you um, have the one with the ghost pepper uh, so, uh, yeah. seasoning on it? How hot yeah. is it? Because I like my spice, but the idea of ghost pepper, um, I stood clear of this one. Uh, it wasn't too bad. I think. I think the fact that that you're really eating it, um, um, kind of like. Well, why don't we tell our audience what exactly is a twisted tater? <laughs> you got it. So, um, you can buy these kind of uh, special potato cutters online, but basically, what it does is it um, cuts the potato in such a way that it's a spiral cut um so each individual uh ramp it's like a big giant screw 
Um, each ramp would be almost the consistency of a thick potato potato uh, chip. Um, and then they, they have it all on a skewer and they stick it and it's, it's all fried, you know, like uh, a bunch of intact potato chips. But it's not quite potato chips because they're still, um, you know, chewy. Um, and then they put all kinds of crazy seasonings on it, depending on what mood you're in. Um, uh, this I was pulling out the menu. Basically, this particular one had... Let's see. So you had the fiery twisted tater with queso. It's it's fried spiraled ribbon potato with white cheese sauce, sprinkled with flaming hot Cheetos and the ghost pepper seasoning that Dave just said. Uh, it wasn't too bad because um, I don't know. I, I loved it. That was my favorite one, to be honest with you. Um, I think because when you put the cheese sauce on something, it kind of it kind of you know deadens some of that spice. I guess the dairy and um, it kind of neutralizes it. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was my favorite one for sure. Um, there's another one called uh, the Twisted Tater Blood and Guts. Uh, it's the same Twisted Tater, but this is <laughs> one with a hot dog and smothered with chili and roasted red pepper queso. Um, that is definitely, I mean, you eat one of those and you're done for the night probably. I mean, it's just a massive mess. Um, I'm getting hot to just thinking about it. Exactly. Uh, speaking of gut budget, I mean that one—the first one I just said was ten dollars. The second one was fifteen dollars. They definitely, you know, it's ramping up on the the price. But you could probably, you know, that's a full meal for sure. Um, and then the, just the regular twisted tater that everybody uh, craves about—it's um, just the same fried ribbon potato um, and skewered. But th- what's cool is they give you up to four seasoning choices you can get just plain old salt uh, garlic parmesan sour cream and chives or ghost pepper um flavoring so um that that's the traditional one that probably most people would probably lean towards but um it's cool they're getting creative with it it's like this fiery twisted tater with queso man it was i liked it of course i love flaming hot cheetos and that was like you know the bomb for me so um loved it Awesome. All right, so shall we talk actual scares? Uh, yeah, yeah, we can. Uh, before we get off food, um, uh, what has been your favorite food so far? Uh, I, I, ha- I haven't eaten everything. Maybe I've probably, probably eaten a half of the stuff. Yeah, I um, haven't tried everything yet, but I'm going to say the sleeper hit of the... Of the uh, aside from the... Uh, Sorry, I oh, sorry, I uh, bit my tongue over there. Aside from the uh, fried cauliflower that I talked about, uh, I really liked the stew that they have, like a vegetable-based stew, almost like a chili, and um, it they serve it with a skeleton cornbread. And nice. It's it's a it's a it's a green stew. And oh, is it the same? Is it the same stew we had in the uh, the tour? No, the no, that one was like that one was like filled with quinoa and very spicy. This one is actually a little. This one is a little um, less heat in it. There's a, there's a bit of a spice to it, but then they all, but they also uh, have like 
a sour a sour cream drizzle on it too so that might actually do a little bit of the uh, neutralizing of it but it was definitely a, it was a different chili than the one that they had for us you know they were call, oh, they were calling it a stew so I want I want to try it there's no, there wasn't a line when I went went by it a couple times well that's um, actually the one of the reasons why I got it because it's all the way up in the front of the park and people kind of are not think you know they're thinking oh let's get let's get to an attraction as they're walking in and they're yeah. not thinking right away of let's go eat so I went over there because I knew there wouldn't be a line and I was cool. uh, I was very I was very happy with that decision it was quite tasty It's called Witch's Spell Cauldron Stew Yes it looks really it looks really cool What's in it? Uh, oh, I don't have a picture of that. Gotcha. I just had a picture of the title. But... Oh, okay. Yeah. For, uh, a lot of times they don't actually say what's in the food over there. That's one. That's one of the biggest uh, issues I take with. Uh, yeah. With uh, with Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. It, so, I dragged you over uh, the second time we went. I dragged you over to do the the. <laughs> The pizza skull. I still crave the pizza skull. The I don't pizza know, I skulls are, good. you know, they're just all—all all they are, are calzones. You know, they're mini calzones yeah. with, uh, right. you know, they're they're you know they're filled they're filled with cheese. They're, were they filled with pepperoni too? Yeah. And you know, they basically though the bread is, um, you know, they they make they make their calzones and then they stick them in a mold to look like a skeleton. And yep. they they give you they give them to you in a uh, bowl of marinara sauce that they just uh, drop the skull on top of and it looks like the skull's laying in a uh, in a pool of blood. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, yeah, no, they are real. They are really tasty too. They are, and so far it's, that one I, I keep thinking about wanting to get more and more of it. I've had it twice now, and then the other one that I. I need to go back for is the um, I'm trying to find the, the menu uh, let's see it's the uh, popcorn um, on the uh, custard the popcorn custard was really good actually looks yeah. like a, looks like it looks like it's uh, you know they were trying to go with the whole uh, motif of stove stovetop uh, what pop secret yeah, popcorn. Uh, so it's served in this little tin like that, and it has uh, it has a seasoned popcorn with like a red seasoning salt that's supposed to be reminiscent of blood. But it's served on top of this frozen custard that kind of mixes together, and you got that whole sweet and savory thing going on with it. And it is really, it is really uh, well well put together too. Yeah, I like that a lot. I'll probably, I'll definitely get that again. Um, but what's it? Yeah, but anyway, both of us are going back multiple times, and I know there's going to be a lot more food <laughs> offerings. It's amazing. Yes, yes, it is. Um, we won't talk. We won't talk about your experience with the maggot hot dog. <laughs> Maybe right, we should. It's amazing. <laughs> we so, should because I mean that I had a lot of high hopes for that. So the idea, so there is a house that is based on on people's fear of insects, and very close to this house there is a um, food kiosk inspired by said house, and it serves hot dogs, but it serves hot dogs with an 
insecty, I guess is the word, uh, spin on them. (laughs) So they have the maggot hot dog, which basically is a, um, it's fried, it's fried cocktail weenies between mozzarella cheese and then dipped in a, uh, dipped in some type of batter and flash fried. And then they take a sauce and they put it on top of it and they, and then they roll it in puffed rice cereal and put a little bit more sauce on top and then drop like sesame seeds or some type of seeds on top of it and it's supposed to look like maggots and what what else fleas or something i guess yeah maybe yeah and they call it the maggot dog and you know <laughs> it, it's um I enjoyed mine, but Jeff did not get a uh, did not have a good experience with his. Yeah, that makes that's a good point because you know you say because it's kind of set up in a mass-produced carny style, you know, uh, you may say, "Hey, this is my favorite thing I've ever you know I had," and somebody else will go there and it could be crap. Um, so I've had friends who had the maggot covered cheese dog and loved it so i'm like hey i'm gonna get one of these well i mean it took them three tries uh, you know first try the dough was uncooked um and then i actually it might have taken them three or four tries because i was watching over his shoulder and he kept throwing them in the trash so they were having a hard time nailing down the, the temperature of the oil that night but um but it ended up coming out kind of like really really lame i you know i think i really felt bad for you guys because i think we stood there for about 15 minutes <laughs> waiting for this guy to try to nail down this this uh one dog but but and but to universal's credit they tried they kept do, they kept making it for you until they got it right yeah or some some semblance of right right and uh in theory i think it's still a, a cool product um the other one, though, I like uh, the churro dog on a stick, and that, I mean, I I like that a lot. I haven't had that one yet. Yeah, let's tell our audience about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's basically you know, a corn dog, but churro flavored. You know, so it was just it, it worked out. It worked really good. Well, I was I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out, but it, it was good. Um, yeah, there's a lot of creative dishes all over the place. Um, it, it's exciting to go back to try the new different drinks different you know um you know different dish dishes i never even made it over to the uh the mexican booth no um, me either yeah so yeah it's, it's on the list one. yeah yeah well so Absolutely. shall we discuss some haunts absolutely all right so what, we, what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna name the houses i'm gonna read you the description of them on the um on the app and we're gonna sh- we're gonna share our uh, assessments of the houses. So first we have bugs eaten alive. While touring a late fifties home of the future, you are swarmed by hundreds of revolting insects as they w- as they worm their way into your deepest fears. So basically, the premise here is it's like the world's fair, and this new air conditioning system has been unveiled that not only cools the air and makes the air have this fresh pine scent it also kind of it also um exterminates as it runs and it gives off this uh gas that is non-toxic to humans 
but will kill all bugs and keep your house bug free until it explodes and it has the adverse effect during its explosion and it and it actually uh, attracts every insect in the area over into this house and they start they start slowly eating away at, at the humans inside it and laying eggs in their skin it is a very sick twisted idea there are plastic bugs all around made to look really uh, really real and I need a shower every time I go through it they do play <laughs> off, they do play off your your um, your fear of bugs but you know it is a well done house is it my favorite house no it's not because of you know there it's not because of all of the bugs you know I uh, I used to be really afraid of uh, cockroaches when I was living in New York and then I got down here and you know I was in the pool and next thing you know one is swimming up right onto my shoulder another time I was walking the streets of Orlando and there's another there's another one that just came flying right at me landing right on my chest and then walking up to my shoulder as I'm screaming to get it off those times and another time I'm at Disney Springs and I was wearing flip-flops and next thing you know there's one running across my toes so uh, <laughs> you know uh, I've had three encounters with the Florida palmetto bug as they as they call it to to uh, hide the fact that it's just a cockroach and I survived I didn't get some disease that was going to kill me I didn't get the plague so I've kind of lost my fear of these uh, horrible creatures yeah but you know what in the end they're pollinators so your thoughts on bugs eating alive uh, it's creative. There's definitely a whimsy component. Um, you know, usually there's an over-the-top uh, whimsical house, and this was it uh, this year. Um, you know, they had a lot of, like, creative ways that they had the, the bugs mutating. You know, they even had puppets, you know, um, maggot puppets, which was, it was cute. But, um, you know, it, I, I enjoyed it. It was it was kind of wacky and and doing the whole 50s house of the future was really cool touch um but you know i don't, I don't have an unnatural you know a fear of, of bugs so it, none of that really bug, bugged me no pun intended but, i see what you did there. uh right mm-hmm. uh, but they did they did go over the top you know they, they really pushed the um I, I guess i've heard other podcasts call it um SIF, uh, SIF, or whatever, stuff in face. <laughs> um, but they really pushed the, the stuff in your face uh, a lot on this, uh, in this house. Um, like there was, a, there was a pitch black hallway um, where they had stuff dangling down in your face and to simulate like a bug, you know, messing with you. So, yeah, that stuff could, could really throw you for a loop, I'm sure, if you're. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So then there's also so this is the my this is the house that I am not too uh, big on. Fiesta de Fiesta de uh, sorry Fiesta de Chubacabra. Visit a Latin American village where the legend of the Chubacabras live on, and the streets are lined with the blood of tourists like you. So a Chubacabra is this uh, dog-like creature 
that is supposed to, um, you know, snatch people away in the night. You know, they tell the they tell their children if you're not good, they're gonna leave. You know, the chupacabra is gonna get you and all that. Uh, I kind of found this house lame. The the dogs reminded me pretty much of uh, you know a cheap remake of Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. I kept on saying, you know, I kept on, you know, I was like, where's, where's Lewis saying, maybe I got a milk bone in this one. I mean, it's to a point where I went through it maybe one more time after we did that. And I was like, the the second time I went through, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this sucks just as much as the first time I went through. Because sometimes some houses, you know, you, you might get them on and off. You might get them on and off time. You know, there might be a time where some of the actors are cha- are changing out so you know you might not get some of the ju- jump scares so a couple of times you go and you're like oh well that's lame but then you go and get another time and you know i go so often and there's times i know where the jump scares are and i still get scared i still get scared so yeah but yeah, any time i've gone through this house yeah i still i come out very underwhelmed it's just not yeah, it's got a uh, you know they they try to stay culturally uh, accurate, um, a lot of cultural references, um, but you know the theme of it is, is interesting. It's a it's a it's an interesting idea for a house, uh, and apparently a lot of people love uh, cryptids uh, and they've been dying for this kind of thing, but in application it, it just didn't come out. Uh, I guess is as, as good as the other ones. It, it was just low ranking for me. One of my notes uh, that I wrote on here, and I always thought it was funny, was uh, the chupacabras, uh, to, to me and to others, seem like just giant cats, <laughs> the way they have <laughs> designed. So I don't know. I mean, it was just funny. They're almost like you want to cuddle with them instead of, you know, yeah, run away exactly. From them. <laughs> Now, the next one is one that I was very excited about because I love witches and all that, but I uh, was very underwhelmed by this house, too, which is Spirits of the Coven. A coven of flapper witches will lure you into their 1920s speakeasy to turn you into witches brew. They'll be cackling, you'll be screaming. I just, this one just, you know... It just, it, it didn't hit the mark for me, you know. I thought that it would, you know, it, you know, the the nineteen the nineteen twenties spin just kind of I found distracting, you know. I don't yeah. I don't think you know. I don't you know I don't think speakeasy when I think you know the idea was that they were luring you further and further into the depths of the building where they had all their distillery equipment, and. They were trying to kill you at that point because they were going to make you the central part of their brew, and they were using the distillery equipment for that. But in you know a creative story, but it it just didn't. It just it might have worked on paper, but it just was yeah. one of those that you know. I am getting a couple. I'm keep going through, and I keep getting a couple more um, jump scares and everything. So it it's growing. It's growing on me. But the first time I went through, I was vastly underwhelmed yeah I've, I've walked I've walked it uh, four times now I mean 
I think uh, this is a very common high hopes one, uh, high high uh, expectations, and it, it fell fr- flat for me too. I, I don't know. I mean, a couple of reasons. I think one, it is a long house. I'll give it that because it's in a soundstage, but um, it always feels like it's just flat. Um, one of the things I, I I don't know. Maybe it's just a generic. Maybe it's me. Um, but to me, witches just aren't scary. I guess. Um, you know, they, it, it's just full of, of witches, you know, and they, mm-hmm. um, so it's, it, I don't know, in general, it doesn't, doesn't really do it for me, but I'm, I'm with you. All right, and now one of my personal favorites, Universal Monsters Legends Collide. So there's always a Monsters House, uh, this is the, this is the third time they've done one, uh, and it's based on the monsters of the Universal Lexicon. So you're about to get caught in the middle of an epic battle between the Wolfman, Dracula, and the Mummy. Together for the first time ever. And the premise is that the Wolfman has broken into the Mummy's tomb to steal an amulet that's around the, mu- the, de- the dead Mummy's neck that will be able to control the daytime and nighttime. He wants it to keep it constantly day so he won't turn into the Wolfman. We find out that he was hired by a mysterious Count, who, as we can figure out, is Dracula, who wants the amulet for himself so that he can continue to make it forever night. And the mummy is not having any of this, and... He's like, you guys can't have you guys can't have my amulet, and I will kill you. And what's cool about this house is the different times you go through. Sometimes there's you know there's a winner and there's a loser every time. Like the first time we went through, the mummy won, and they were he, you could see a you you would you saw a dead Dracula as you were walking out, and you saw the mummy holding the head of the Wolfman. I went through another night, and the last person out there was Dracula. Dracula won, so they can change the they can change the story at any cool, time. Yeah, that's awesome. With this one, yeah. Early on, uh, I've I've got a lot of good feels for this one because um, obviously, classic monsters is is amazing to me. But I mean, I think as a child, I had uh, homemade costumes of Wolfman, Mummy, and Dracula at some point. Um, so. This definitely early on. This is my top top house for sure. Um, I, I wrote my notes. Say it was a great story. Um, a lot of really cool smell transitions. I mean, very distinct smells. They, you know, it, it smells pretty good at the beginning, and then transitions to some bad smells. Um, so that, you know, that sticks in your mind when you leave. But um, I, I don't know. I just I really like this this uh, house a lot. They make it like a musty smell because you're going through you're going through a pyramid that hasn't been opened in thousands of years. So it's supposed it's supposed to have this uh, yeah. musty mildewy smell to kind of go with to kind of go with the theming. Yeah, yeah, and you know definitely early on it's it's kind of like um, ET, you know, a nice nice pine or something, you know, and then. It transitions to, like you said, like dirty feet or bo. You know, it's it's like very, uh, very specific. Yeah. And then we have the horrors of Blumhouse, 
Enter the world of two horror masterpieces from Blumhouse as you face the most terrifying moments of Freaky and the Black Phone. Uh, uh, this this house is interesting. I just watched Freaky a couple days ago, so I have a new appreciation for the house. But um, Blumhouse always kind of just, uh, you know, they've been a staple at at Halloween Horror Nights. You know, they've done so many uh, versions of The Purge in, in these houses and all. It's nice to see some of their other uh, works actually getting a little bit of love. I mean, uh, Black Phone kind of... Black, Black Phone was was this, was their uh, movie this year. So the fact that they were able to get it in, it doesn't feel like it's shoehorned either. It looks like... It feels like it's an actual well-thought-out well thought out house that just... Um, kind of fits there is a uh, section where you walk out of one and then you have to walk across a backstage courtyard to the other one and a lot of people are saying they hate it because it kind of breaks up the mood because you want you finish one haunted house and then you're back outside and then back into another one it just you know you lose that ominous feeling what do you think jeff yeah i agree uh it's very hodgepodge i mean they uh i, I feel in general when they do the bloom house stuff i mean it's contractual um so they kind of have to just uh make do with the characters they have at hand um black phone i I never felt like it was a good um property to to really make a scare house uh, off of i mean if you've seen the movie uh have you seen uh black phone i don't know if you have or not i have not had a chance to see it yeah, it's it's an abduct it's a, a teenage boy abduction movie, which is a really controversial, in my opinion, a controversial subject to start off with. Um, but then um, it's a, it's just like a, a a dark, esoteric concept house. Um, you kind of go room to room uh, with literally black phones. Um, and it's just a different style. And, and why I mean, are the black phones there for those who haven't seen the movie? All right, so the black phone is a cool concept in the movie. The, the concept of the black phone is past children who were abducted and killed uh, are communicating with the current child who was abducted to try to help them figure out a way to escape. Um, so each one of them call the kid and... They're basically their ghosts are telling them, you know, this is what I tried. Uh, it didn't work. And then each as, as he's learning from each one of them, he builds up a the, the current kid builds up a, a, a successful plan of how to escape away from um, the uh, the grabber um, guy. Um, yeah, the grabber is definitely creepy. Um, but you know, to, to make a whole house of it, it was just kind of kind of wild to me. But I mean, there's no uh, beating around the bush. It was my last ranked um, house. It, it was still entertaining, but it just wasn't for me. I get that. I mean, it's not one that it's not one that I avoid, but you know, it's not one that I have to do every time I go. Uh, same with the weekend after hours nightmare. So this was the um, big headliner of the uh, event this year. Enter the. Macrobe, um, no, uh, McCabe Mind, sorry. Yeah. My, my, my um, I'm like, I need glasses. Enter the McCabe Mind of the weekend in this haunted house 
as he stalks you through the surreal nightmare of his after-hours music. So, The weekend, his uh, music videos are all horror-themed, and basically you're, you're stuck inside his music videos and, uh, you know, these really sick, twisted stories that he's telling, and they all have some type of horror element to them. And yeah. really upbeat music is playing the entire time, and you're kind of dancing as you're going through. Yeah, it's party theme. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, going in, I, I really love The weekend's music, so that kind of helps. If you like the, if you like his music, I think it's definitely going to get go up a few steps for you. If you don't have a clue what anything about his music, I'm sure it's just going to fall flat for you, but um, there's some inside jokes. Um, it's definitely some a fun house, um, and it finishes with a, speaking of fun house, it finishes with a freaking, uh, one of the best scenes in probably all of Halloween Horror Nights um, is a, a mirror room. Um, anytime they throw a mirror room in, I, it's, it's money for me. I mean, I just love the mirror rooms. Um, so, but, um, but still, I mean, the house in general is, is still to me right in the middle, but it's still a very entertaining house. Very fun. And then we have Hellblock Horror, which is a house that I really enjoy. Uh, enter a prison whose savage inmates are monstrous creatures. If they break free from their cells, it's a death sentence for everyone. And the premise of this one is this is where they have captured all of the past monsters of Halloween Horror Night. And this is where they're kept. And there was a breach in the prison and the guards now have to blow the prison up before these creatures who have gotten out of their cells escape into the night. Do you like this one a lot? I do, actually. And plus, this one has the lowest line because it's right at the front of the park. So at the beginning, everybody rushes to it and then they move on and it pretty much stays dead for the rest of the rest of the night where you can do a walk-in. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, My Initially, I mean, it might change as the season goes on, but initially uh, I ranked it low because, I mean... It's definitely very referential uh, to, like you said, previous Halloween Horror Nights, and I didn't really start going until 26. Um, so th- there are, I did recognize a couple of the monsters, but uh, but in general, it was just kind of, once again, it kind of fell flat on me. But but yeah, hey, part of that, the uh, um, admiration for some of these houses is how quick you can get in. So if I can get in quicker, then and I'm so, maybe I'll enjoy it a lot quicker. I mean, a lot more. It's definitely one you should go back and revisit. Yeah. As far as that. So, shall we go with the other headliner now? Absolutely. Okay, so then we have the original Halloween. Come face to face with Michael Myers and go back to where it all began. Step into the terrifying moments from the 1978 horror classic Halloween. Uh, I have found that anytime Universal uses Halloween as a intellectual pop property, they blow it out of the park. It's always, you know, Michael Myers uh, jump scares always freak me out, and they do not fear. They they do not feel. They bleh, They do not fail to deliver on this one. 
I know Michael is going to be coming out and everything, and with the sound effects, it still makes me scream every time I go through this house. Yeah, I mean, it's cliche to say it, but Halloween is definitely my favorite horror movie. Um, but so that, there's already already a warm part a spot in my heart to, to go through this house. But um, but it is a phenomenal house. I mean, I, I'm nervous. I've been in this is like my third Halloween house. Um, and I was nervous. There's just going to be like just really lame. They set it up so well. They set it up like you literally are going through the movie. Uh, they even have opening credits at the beginning. It just it's it a cool effect when you see it. It's just like wow. I didn't think they you know how they pulled that off. But uh, you know, I think I counted. I, the the tour guide told us there were 41 knives uh, most ever <laughs> in this house. Um, that's counting, I guess, backup knives. But. Um, the uh, no spoilers, but I, I finally I've been through this house four times and I counted all the Mike Michaels and I'm not talking about the young Michaels or the adolescent Michaels because um, there are, it goes through the entire movie if you're familiar with it. Um, but there were with actual masks, I counted 21 Michaels in this house. Um, now you may or may not see all these. This is after I've seen been through it four times. But uh, phenomenal house, love it. Yeah, we're down to two more. And these are the two that I really like the most. I, so I picked my best for last. And the first one we have is Descendants of Destruction. Haunted house deep in the subway below the... So deep in the subway below the abandoned toxic New York City. Mutated humans fight to survive. But the deeper you go, the darker your fate. What I like about this house was, you know... Pre-pandemic days, a couple of years beforehand, they had a uh, house called Dead Exposure, which really freaked me out. And the premise was there was a virus that got loose and turning people into zombies. And they were going, in this case, all the zombies were taking over the um, Paris Metro. And... What I it was a really scary house that really kind of had me uh, freaked out to a point where it made a lasting memory. I do like the fear, the jump scares, the playful scare, the scary feeling. So what I liked about this house from the start from the start was they used set pieces from Dead Exposure. They just repurposed them. They made them look and instead of the uh, Parisian met- metro. They changed them to the New York City subway state subways, but in many ways the um, the way this house was, it was even in the same. It was even done in the same area, I guess, because you know they had the props be able to fit beforehand, so they knew they were able to set them up and set them up in such a way. Uh, one of the things I love about the houses is there's always one house where an arm comes down trying to grab you. This is the house. This is the house that has that famous Halloween Horror Nights arm that just people are not expecting and the next thing you know you, they see, you see this hand trying to come at you trying to trying to just snatch away snatch you away by your head obviously they're not going to do that but it just it, it psychologically messes with your mind yeah it's fantastic I, I like this half a lot as well I mean that it, yeah it's the only one that had the uh, um um, 
the ceiling scare. Yeah, I liked it. All right, and shall we talk about probably the best house they have this year? Yeah, I mean, I I picked it really high. I I loved it. I did too. So the last one, we saved the best for last, is Dead Man's Pier, Winter's Wake. In a New England fishing village, undead fishermen emerge from the waves to seek their revenge. They'll reel you in and drag you under. As I go through this one, all I can do is constantly over and over again start singing, Trust the Gordon's Fisherman. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, you know, um, this house is um, beyond freaky. Uh, it has ex- it has stunning visuals. You know, it's air. It's it takes place in the snow, and they make the air conditioning uh, extra cold. So you kind of get that draft, and it kind of makes it feel like you know you're actually going through uh, a winter scene. They also put out mist of cold water and everything because this is in foggy New England at that time. So yeah. they really try to immerse you in this sto- in this story and play off your fears. And they do very well with jump scares in this one. Absolutely, it's so good. Um, I, I it's such a long house too, and I, I I see something new every time. I mean, I think I went through this one four times as well. Um, I'm gonna do it many more times before the season's over. It, it's just phenomenal. Uh, did you catch at the beginning? There's a, the statue of the um, the uh, violin girl, and yes. then you see her ghost. You know yeah. later on in the in the thing. So I understand. Uh, uh, do you remember the full story of that? No. Okay. So my understanding is um, these are the these are ghosts of fishermen who had disappeared and um, the story is held together by a uh, a ghostly violin violinist and she's supposed to be a very uh, mysterious girl and she was the lover of the captain of this vessel that has disappeared and they have given up hope that he will return that they will return they called off all search efforts and she died of a broken heart and she now haunts the streets of the of the um, I guess the not the pier I guess I guess of the uh, I guess of this coastal town playing her violin summoning back the undead to come back and seek revenge on the ta- on those who give, gave up hope and stop the search for them, because she died of an she died of a broken heart. She lost her love in this uh, in this vessel disappearing. So she's awesome. getting revenge on them. Yeah, I mean, it, there's so many different components to this house that just I don't I have no idea. It just it it blows my mind. I mean, there's there's digital windows. There's um, you know, some references to Scooby-Doo. If you're a Scooby-Doo fan, there's a lot of Scooby-Doo references because, mm-hmm. you know, they have the um, the uh, divers. Um, the you know, um, so it's just so much going on. I just love it. It it's not and to tell people, you know, obviously Italian Horror Nights. It, there, 
they're trying to scare you to an extent, but I feel like this entire house is more of a um, kind of like a, a, a mood or an aesthetic house, um, just something to walk in and admire. Um, there's not a, a whole heck of a lot of jump scare kind of stuff going on. Um, it's just very, you know, it's just an amazing uh, thing to behold. <laughs> anyway. I, I, I basically say that this is the sleeper hit of uh, Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Yep. Aside from that, the other thing that must be seen is Halloween Nightmare Fuel Wildfire, which this, uh, you have magic, you have pyrotechnics, you have scantily clad people uh, dancing in front of you, you have uh, aerialist, uh, you have uh, fire eaters and fire twirlers. It's just a spectacle to behold. It's very hard to uh, explain this show. If you're a fan of uh, you know new age rock music and also the uh, 90s alternative, this is definitely a... Uh, a show for you. All I could say is maybe you know, go on to go on to YouTube to watch this show because any any type of if you're not obviously if you're not coming to Halloween Horror Nights if you are it's not to be missed any any description I give is not going to do justice about how awesome this show is. Jeff, yeah. care to try? Oh, uh, I mean burlesque. You didn't really. Uh, it, it, it feels kind of like a burlesque show with with like the pyro, but I mean it's yeah, very very much very so. unique. The fact that they do it out in an outdoor amphitheater, uh, they allow it allows them to do so much of the uh, the pyro. Um, it's just you know these these uh, people that do the pyro stuff definitely you know are uh, experts at what they do. It's just so amazing. You have anything else to add about Horror Nights? Uh, no, the scare zones are, are fun. Um, there's five scare zones as usual. Um, you know, most of them aren't aren't too crazy. Um, the um, you know the tribute store uh, they have a new spin this year. Um, the um, there's um, it's set up as a kind of a pre-show to the um, the scare zone um, the candy one um, I'm trying to pull up the name I just closed it's everything it's supposed to be the track of the dark ride yeah yeah exactly um, the uh, yeah it's, it's a fun uh, it's a fun um, thing to go through especially it's air conditioned so that's also nice but the uh, the uh, I'm trying to pull up the name of the scare zone. Uh, I don't have any of them up in front of me. That was the one thing I couldn't find. The, yeah. Uh, Universal app keeps on uh, crashing on me. Yeah, I got it. Um, it's called Sweet Revenge. So Sweet Revenge, uh, it's a sweets from Major Sweets Candy Company. 
They've turned 1950s kids into crazed killers with pint-sized costumes, maniacs roaming the streets. Halloween will be a night of trick-or-treat mayhem. Um, so you're going through sweet, the, um, the dark ride that's closed down um, through the uh, tribute store, and they have sweets in there uh, to buy. And the idea is this major sweets guy um, you know, started tainting the, the candy and turning these kids into basically like, you know, crazy lunatics. So you have this whole scare zone of these uh, pseudo, you know, old fa- kids with their old fashioned uh, 50s uh, homemade costumes uh, wandering around. It's just it's just a fun it's a fun um, scare zone. They've, they have parade floats like the parade got interrupted and they took over, you know. Um, and then, uh, you know, all of them are fun, but I, I think by far, as far as an actual, actual scare zone that, uh, is creeping everybody out is the, uh, Scarecrow Cursed Soil. It, it simulates, it's over by the, um, 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 what's it called? Um, you know, what's that area called where the Scarecrow is, um. Forgot the name of that area, but anyway, long story short, it's um, it's an abandoned farm. Scarecrow's sentinels have risen from the crust of the earth to hunt souls and seek revenge. They'll harvest the screams of those who dare enter this dilapidated barn. So they have simulated this barn that you walk through. So they they've really, you know, it is uh, very narrow, well done. Yeah, very well done. Narrowed your 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 path. You can't escape. You have to walk down this way. There's no getting away from it. And they have all these boo holes where it's just just really well done. So that's definitely probably one of the creepiest things of all of the entire Halloween Horror Nights because you're, you're, there's no escaping it. you got to walk through it. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, everything, everything's... Uh, it's pretty fun, fun uh, Halloween Horror Nights season for sure. Yep, and I'm looking forward to so, so many more uh, thrills and scares as the next month and a half goes by. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the, the Pumpkin King. I mean, he's kind of the unofficial, um, kind of the unofficial, uh, you know, icon without being an icon. Um, so he, he, he is at the very beginning of the park. Uh, welcoming you I guess and, and so to speak <laughs> alright so Jeff where can you be found on the various interwebs uh, mainly Instagram you can find me on Instagram I'm braindew b-r-a-i-n-d-e-w at uh, um, and then you know I'm set up as private but if you tag me I'll you know bring you into the fold <laughs> And I'm pretty much set up the same way. And uh, I can be found on um, Instagram at Figments Reality. You can find the uh, Mickey Dudes on Instagram at the Mickey Dudes Podcast. And you can find us on on the Twitter machine at the Mickey Dudes. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being with us. And may all your tales be scary tales. (laughs) Good one.
just listened to another exciting episode at the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you again real soon.